Welcome to another episode of the Absolute Home Service Podcast, where our mission is to help empower homeowners with the information to make the best decisions on any service they could possibly need. And now, let's join Vincent James and today's guest. What kind of trees, shrubs, and plants are the best for planting in our neck of the woods? And what is the best way to keep the newly planted watered? Our expert, Mike Mason from The Lawn Pro, is here to answer these questions and a whole lot more as we dig up the dirt on landscaping. Mike, welcome to the Absolute Home Service Podcast. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Um, all right, digging right into it. What, uh, what, what got, you into, got you into landscaping, Mike? Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how we got where we are today. Sure. Yeah, um, I started with the company back in 1995. Um, had a young family, was in school. Um, I went U of L business school and just needed a, a job to, to get keep going, you know, with a young family and things like that while I was in school. Um, stayed in school, graduated, and I actually have a degree in finance and a minor in international business, but really found just a passion for the industry. Um, I love being outside, love working with folks and, and just transforming their environment and things like that. So been with the company 25 years now, 26 years. Uh, my wife and I actually purchased it back in March of last year, right, right in the height of COVID. So we don't do anything the easy way, but uh, <laughs> but we, we fight, that's for sure. Now, is there is there a difference between a landscaper and a landscape designer? Yeah, mostly. Uh, well, there's kind of three tiers, I guess, if you will, to to that question. There's you have a landscape architect um, who is who is an actual architect with with a uh, with a degree in in uh, landscape architecture. Um, and most of those guys work with designers and, and they'll do the front end plans on uh, properties and things like that. Very, very challenging things, um, grade, ch grade changes, things like that. So where you would need an engineer, um, they would kind of be able to help you with that type of thing. And then a designer usually is, has, <clears throat> excuse me, has a horticulture background, maybe has some AutoCAD, but there's not really a, a quote unquote degree in landscape design. Um, and then a landscaper would be somebody that is just in the field that um, may or may not have experience or education or formal education, I should say. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, the breakdown there. Sounds like there's a lot of science to it. There where, is, yes, sir. Yeah. Where do you all fall in that realm? We're our landscapers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. When, when, how long has uh, the Lawn Pro been around? Uh, 26 years. Okay. Wow. Long time, absolutely. Yeah. What uh, so? What all services do you all provide? Um, well, we are full service. We do um, landscape maintenance. Landscape maintenance is probably our our bread and butter, if you will. Um, we do we will do some what we call enhancement, which um, is kind of take this area. We want to make it look better. It's old. It's ragged. It's tired. That kind of a thing. Pull all that out and change it. Um, re relay it out. Redesign it, and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of pruning, mulching, uh, mostly commercial in the landscape side. We also do fertilization and weed control, mosquito control, that kind of thing. Um, and most of that is geared towards the residential sector. Um, we also do snow removal. Snow removal is actually a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a very large part of, of what we do in our business when it does snow right here in Louisville. But I um, actually am a certified snow professional and was president of the Snow and Ice Management Association, which is a national, or, uh, we have members in North America, Canada, and I think we have 
like 15 overseas now. Um, so kind of a cool. Y'all got a chance to do some snow removal in April last week. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, we we didn't have to get anything out. We had put everything away. You know, that's uh, that was definitely we had a but we had a whole season in about two weeks back in February. So that was that was intense. The um, it is it is brutal, grinding hard work, but. Um, I love the challenge of it, you know, figuring out the logistics and just, you know, I feel like a, a general mm-hmm. trying to position the troops in all the right places at the right time and that kind of thing. So that's one of the my favorite parts of the business. Do you all mow grass as well? Or? We do. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing that has a lot of science involved into it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy these days. I mean, you know, just the the equipment is so out of control when I started mowing back in nine in the mid 90s you know you'd have a you'd have a 13 horsepower engine and you th- I mean it was you're rocking right I mean this thing's bad man. <laughs> and it, it, you know it's a $500 mower I think the last mower we bought was like $12,000 and you know 30 horsepower or something crazy <laughs> it's like really why do we need this I mean this is a lawnmower right and you know, and then and then you you know, you fight the price thing, right? So right. it's uh, you know, so well, why is it so expensive? Well, I mean, I'm rolling up on a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, trucks and trailers, and the whole thing, and right, it's crazy. And definitely a lot that goes in the grass in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then, you, then you get yelled at because you went too fast, right? <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, I, I see a lot of people talking about this, whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. Um, it's kind of a two part: strike or don't strike. First question. Strike, for sure. Second question. I'll let you go into them a little bit. Okay. Second question. How much, how long should you leave your grass? So how, how short should you cut it? Um, well, it, most most of our lawns are fescue. Um, and so that we, we mow it about anywhere between three and a half and four inches, pretty much typically four inches. For a residential homeowner with a push mower, um, I would tell them to put it on the very highest setting or maybe the, the second one down, or the first one down, rather. Um, the taller the better and especially as we get into the summer months things like that you know I know we're the bluegrass state but bluegrass just does not handle our humidity um, very well at all you get a lot of patches for sure yes. is there can you mow too much not really I, I mean you, you know you can mow in not frequently enough um, so if you're taking off uh, the rule of thumbs you've taken you don't want to take off more than a third of the leaf blade at a time um, but no not really I mean you can mow it every day if you wanted to and um, you know in the right conditions obviously you wouldn't want to be mowing yesterday when, when it was pouring down rain right but right. Uh, but yeah no not really you know that when we had the snow back a few weeks ago I actually saw people mowing that afternoon um, right outside our office yeah yeah we did actually we actually did too <laughs> well, you're, you know it's I yeah i don't know that i've ever seen it snow two inches and mow that afternoon yeah yeah no we, we that was the first for us as well but yeah we went out late in the day and just you got to keep up in the springtime it, it, it it's crazy because it was 70 degrees the day before right right so. right yeah 70 degrees two inches of snow the next day um so y'all do trees uh, shrubs plants etc like that um where do they where do they come from? Where y'all getting them? Are they are they grown here locally, or where are you getting them from? Yeah, ninety percent of our in our nursery stock is grown locally. We uh, we work with a local um, supplier that has farms um, up in Carroll up in the Carrollton area um, is where the bulk of his farms are. He, he has a shop over in Crestwood that where in, that has some plants there. So most of what we buy it comes from um, Abrams Nursery. And um, so it's it's very locally grown. Now some of the things we have to outsource and get from other parts of the country, but usually we always want to bring plants south. We want so if we're buying something that's not grown here, we want to um, we want to bring it from the north to the south versus bringing it from the south to the north. 
so we don't go to Tennessee and things like that. We would we would be looking Pennsylvania or Illinois or you know Indiana or something like that, and bring them down because they'll just they just will handle the temperature change better. They're when they're grown in the south and then brought north, they're not accustomed to our climate. So they're not. And the real issue with the plants is the winter time. It's not so much the summer, but it's that when we get those really cold winters, uh, when they, we stay below freezing for you know weeks at a time, or we get down in the teens or single digits, those are can be very very detrimental to plants, especially things that have been grown in the south and then and then brought north. Now I'm not I'm not even mad at where you where you get your uh, where you get your plants and stuff from. Carrollton's actually my hometown. Okay, nice. Where I'm, where yeah, I'm from. Yeah. You get them from the nursery out there, all 42. Yeah, I believe that's where he's at. Yeah, I've been out. I can't think of the. I've been out there a few times with taking clients and and you know that really wanted to really pick out trees and very specific and things like that. So Pretty big place. It is a big place. <laughs> um, does so kind of staying on the topic of, uh, of of landscaping, planting, things like that. Does does landscape or can it increase the value of your home? Absolutely, absolutely, and and it and it varies. You know, the return on your investment is is typically, if done right and done well, um, you can you can see 100% over 100% return on your investment. So you know, if you spent $2,000, you could see a $4,000 increase in the value of your home and the property. That's strictly because of the landscaping, or more of like the aesthetic curb appeal. It can be both, you know, especially if you have some challenges in your yard, you know, maybe some drainage issues or things like that. And then you, you know, there are plants that you can you can install in those areas that will help with with pulling some of that moisture up, um, and then improving drainage. Um, and then obviously just the aesthetics and the cleanliness factor comes into play too. What's your favorite one to plant? Tree. Tree? Yeah. Um, Softball. I, so <laughs> I lobbed it at you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, it, well, you know, and it, it just, it, it really varies. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to say, but, um, you know, I, I love a good shade tree. So I like the oaks and things like that. Um, just the, the majestic size, you know, and, and just especially how they grow. Um, so oaks are probably one of my favorites. Uh, but you know, it really it depends on it. Been, it depends on the conditions. It, you know, it is the one of the things we see all the time is right plant, wrong place. So they will they will take a, what is you know one of the ones you'll see all the time is a river birch planted on the corner of a house, planted you know two feet off the house because when they planted it, it was in a 15 gallon pot, right. and now it's you know now you're it's up against your foundation and it's all over your roof and it's just a complete mess tearing down gutters and things like that so i guess for you guys maybe that's a good thing to say those things right <laughs> but uh but yeah so we um so that that's that's one of the biggest things is we see in, in just educating clients you know it's because sometimes you know you want it's not a bad tree i'm not a fan but you know it's it's too trashy things like that's not but it's ultimately it's not a bad tree but when you plant it too close to the house you create a lot of problems with uh, foundations and then like i said gutters, roofs, and things like that. What about on the, um, with, with the oaks, what about like acorns or the hickory nuts or, you know, we've got some really mature ones and they're like blanket our yard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's it, having the space, right? Is, mm -hmm. is if you, you know, you don't want to, you know, you got a 3000 square foot lawn and you put an oak tree in there again, probably wrong plant or right plant, wrong place. Um, well, I, I really, I guess what I was leaning at, should I be, well, I'm not going to do this, but should someone... <laughs> should I be hiring yeah, someone should to? Should <laughs> someone be coming out there and raking up my acorns or my hickory nuts or... Hey, you know, it, it, it will, The I guess the downside is the, the lawn underneath. Mm -hmm. it, it will create some challenges for the turf. You know, we have we have some clients that just, they love the nuts they and they want to feed the squirrels and the deer mm -hmm. and, you know, and that kind of a thing. 
Um, and then others like I hate it, clean it up, and so it, ultimately it's it does it doesn't necessarily it doesn't really hurt anything necessarily, but it can be it can be challenging to have a good a good healthy lawn underneath that underneath that canopy. It's challenging to walk on a hickory nut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is, it is. So maybe not, maybe not the best tree for a, for a residential front yard, right? Or for an old man. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, barefooted, you know, it, it's, it's quite the challenge. Probably worse than walking on Legos. Yeah, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything worse than that. That is, oh, man. What is, the, what is the most uh, tree and plant, what's the most commonly uh, or the most widespread or the most commonly purchased here in Kentucky or in this in this area tree wise I'd probably say a red maple um, that that is probably the one that almost that we see planted all of the time um, you know shrub probably a boxwood um, and there's there's various of both right there's various types of red maples and then there's also various types of boxwoods and that kind of thing but those I would say are probably two of you know Probably the most common tree and the most common shrub. And what about uh, what about plants um, like flowers or anything like that? Um, yeah, you know that varies. You know, for annuals, it, it, you know, um, you see a lot of begonias. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't like them, but you know, it's one of those things that we tell property managers all the time. It's like, well, I don't like begonias. It's like, I understand, but they do well. Like, I want this, and it's like, well, that that'll be great in Texas, but it's not so great in Louisville, Kentucky. So. Um, you know, picking those out, but um, you know, nobody ever rides by a begonia bed and goes, "That looks terrible." You right. Know? I mean, like they just always perform very well. Right. Where some of the other flat annuals can, can just depending on site conditions, um, may or may not perform quite as well. Why do you think the red maple is the number one tree? Uh, you know, it's it, it it has a lot of value. It has very good fall color. Okay. Um, it grows relatively fast, not too fast. Um, you know, I don't. Back in the day, you, the Bradford pear was the mm-hmm. the ubiquitous tree, if you will. You'd see they plant them everywhere. They flower. They're beautiful. And now there's none left. And until they, it snows. Yeah, until it snows or until the wind comes <laughs> and then it snaps. Right. Well, the problem with that tree was it grew it grew so fast and the leaves were so dense and heavy on it that it was just like holding the tarp up in the air in the middle mm-hmm. of a windstorm or, or a snowstorm or something like that. So so the bark would be weak. Right. Um, but yeah, and I but the just because of the color because of the speed of the growth you know it has a nice it, it'll grow fairly quickly but but again not too fast um so so people like that right i mean they kind of want that instant gratification so just being able to get there quicker is is, is desirable is it pretty drought tolerant i'm assuming it is yeah especially after it gets um after the first few years when, mm-hmm. it, when it's got it gets its roots established it really it really will do do fairly well nothing will not live with water right? Right. everything's got to have some water um, but it once it gets itself established it will it'll do well now you were talking about uh, talking about roots um, I've seen I've seen this a lot especially like when we go into someone's garage and they've mm-hmm. got a they've got a tree that's pretty close to the driveway that's going up it's had it start cracking and you know it's causing one side of the concrete to drop or whatever I'm fairly certain that when you all are going through your uh, planning stages and whatnot and trying to design what's going to go where we're looking for things like that what can homeowners do that want to plant their own how do they go about knowing what to plant where um research uh, you know get online understand what it what the mature height is going to be understand the mature um, canopy size just what it's going to look like when it's grown you know a lot of times people don't realize how big things are going to get 
uh, you know, because you see it, you see it small at, at, at a store, um, and you know, it's like, oh, that's really pretty. But you know, again, oh, it's, it's like a newborn baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And then you know, but then it's like that's going to be sixty-five feet, right? I mean, right. so you, you know, just understanding that is, is the biggest thing. It's just making sure you're doing your research and then understanding the site conditions that it wants to it wants to grow in. So we're going to be doing some landscaping hoe, whether it's a little project or a small project. Um, once it's com once it's complete. Um, it's all left up to me to care for. Is there anything that you all will do to come back and service it for a period of time? Um, or how does that how does that process look once the job's complete? Yeah, well, we can um, for sure. We can definitely you know set up a maintenance where we come you know once or twice a year, a couple times a year, once a month, whatever kind of the desire is. <clears throat> Depends on how much you want to um, how much you how much you want to do and how much you want us to help with. But um, so when we install a landscape all of our plants and shrubs are guaranteed for a year so if they die within that first year we'll come back and replace them at no charge um, but yeah we can we can definitely help with the ongoing maintenance or um, if you just need some help with the heavy lifting getting things in the ground you know we see a lot of that in the, in the residential world right it's, I, I love gardening i love doing the, these things but I, I can't physically do this or that and so we'll help get the bones established and then I know they'll want to do the, the ongoing maintenance themselves. Now, what kind of maintenance is uh, recommended or required for the for the typical residential application? Um, usually, two or three times a season, depending on the plant material. It, it kind of depends on what what they have in their lawn or in their yard, rather. Excuse me. Um, some things need to be trimmed two or three times a year. They grow fast, or things like that, or you know, a lot of times you'll have an initial spring flush. Things will come out, they'll grow, flower, go through their that, and then you know, at that time, that's when you want to be doing a lot of pruning after that that initial flush. Um, you know, like your azaleas and things like that that's, that bloom in the spring. You want to prune right after they they stop stop their flowering. Um, that way, they'll put new growth on. And this is tip standard, not you know, I mean, not 100% for every single plant, but generally speaking. When something flowers, you want to prune kind of right after that, because most of the time they flower on what they what is their new wood. So you would prune it off, it put more growth on, goes through the summer or through the winter, and then it goes back to spring and it would flower on that that, that new wood again. There are certain plants that flower on their old wood, and and again doing the research on what you're putting in, that that would help you know. And we we would guide and those types of things and and care for. So when we do planting, we leave care instructions you know this needs pruning at this point and that kind of a thing so that they're educated you know our, our number one goal is to educate the homeowner to what they're getting so that the the money that they're spending they get real return on that they get real value and a real return on their investment absolutely is there um do you leave uh some sort of like a like a packet let's say for example if you're at my house and you recommend this care sheet this care sheet this care sheet do you all have something set up to where like like maybe like like a membership or something like that to where we could uh, get that set up to where I don't have to worry about it and I know that you're going to come and take care of it? Absolutely. What's we'll, that look like? Yeah, we, we do. We, again, it kind of meet to whatever needs you have. You know, again, if you want us to come quarterly, you want us to come monthly, whatever. And then we would we would let you know kind of in depending, you know, I don't want to pull any weeds. I don't want to do anything. I just want to I just want to pull in my drive package. Yeah, exactly. Everything. We can right. do that. And we down to just, you know, I just need you to come and prune the trees or you know, we've got this foster holly that's 10 feet tall that I can't reach and I don't have the right equipment for. So can you come do that kind of a thing? So what really, it's hard to say because there's not one, it's like everything, right? There's not one application that, that's, that fits everyone's needs. So 
So we, we want to tailor that to, to the customer to make sure that they get exactly what they need. Because what they need might need might may not be what you need, and uh, that kind of thing. If like if you don't have if you have ornamental grasses or something like that, those typically get cut back in the fall. One might require more attention or a different type of uh, care than, than the other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What uh, is is there a better time of the year to do to install landscaping or not install landscaping? Yeah, I like the fall. I think the fall is the is is the best time to install now. With that, the kind of the caveat to that is, I like to put perennials in in the spring. Um, I stay away from the summer, generally speaking. Um, and the reason for that, specifically like trees, for instance, trees get dug in in the uh, in the in the fall once they go dormant. So we like to get those in actually kind of through the winter. I guess ultimately, if you know the weather and the ground will allow that to happen, because they're out of the ground for the least amount of time. Um, and I, I like that you know planting things. They can kind of harden off. They'll they'll get that first winter, and then re really ready to go for the spring. And they'll they'll develop a root system that's a little bit stronger uh, when we get to the summertime when we get those drought conditions. Um, I, that, that's my personal. You know, and spring is a great time. You know, right. but a lot of times you do have a little more care in the summertime to um, to make sure things are staying watered. Now you've mentioned uh, um, some vocab like annual and perennial. What's that mean? Sure, per, an annual is is one, flowers one time. It's a, it's a one and done kind of a thing. Um, so you you would plant it. It will not come back over the winter. A perennial will return. It, you would plant that, and it would come back year over year. And you, they're usually smaller, softer, um, flowering types. Is there going to be more of a uh, more of a cost associated with the perennial? Something that's going to come back um, time after time. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, the annuals are can be expensive. It, you know, I mean, you know, it's a one-time thing, so you only get it once. So it's it may not be um, as much of a value, but you get a much greater aesthetic value. So they they're, they're they look nice for that season, and they're gone. Where the perennials, um, they do come back, but they usually come back and they flower once, two, three times a season, and then that's it. So they they're not as they're not in bloom or in flower. The whole the whole summer where where an annual would be. I was always curious on you know with annuals. How did it, I mean when that plant is in the wild? How does it how does it reproduce itself? Well, it doesn't. Yeah, so it, they they're grown. The annuals are are grown from seed and in, in okay. greenhouses and managed. Uh, okay. You know, so they're developed and then th that kind of a thing. So they're not they're not necessarily grown in the growing in the wild. Now, certain things here that we would consider an annual in south florida would be would be a perennial oh okay because it wouldn't the, the climate is so much different so that's kind of a lot of things you know a lot of times we're bringing things from in that situation we're bringing things from the south up north to uh for just the growing season that meets their climate need. that's pretty interesting i didn't know that um so a typical landscaping project uh now i know that it depends on the scope and the weather but how uh, how long does the does the typical project take um, to your point, it depends on the scope, but usually most jobs two or three days, um, you know, and if, and if it's a larger project, obviously, then, then it could be weeks, months, years even, you mm -hmm. know, um, but, you know, your standard single family home in a residential neighborhood, you want to redo this or that, um, you know, we go in one day, tear everything out that's coming out, 
um, start prepping beds. The next day we would either finish prepping beds and then, then install material and mulch and that kind of a thing. Um, so it usually runs two, sometimes three days, depending on the, uh, the size of the project. Being, being that you brought up mulch, well, I've had this conversation with several people, rock versus mulch. What's mulch? Yeah, yeah. Rock is um, rock. Ha mulch. The 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 reason for mulch is to manage the soil conditions, the temperature, the moisture, and all that thing. So it, it it's to regulate the ground temperature and regulate the soil. Rock does not do that in any fashion. It it just it heats up and makes it really really hot and it's really can be detrimental. Now, it. it it's a one-time shot. It's extremely expensive generally, but I, I personally, I, definitely from the uh, from a horticulture standpoint, mulch is way better than rock. Uh, but you know, people have their preferences. I would definitely, I prefer mulch for sure. You know, my wife definitely, uh, she prefers mulch as well, which, which I also do. I like to look at it. But I'll, I'll tell you something funny. Two weeks ago, I come home and I see that she's posted a picture of our flower bed, which is all that little bit larger than golf ball size rock. Okay. Right? She's posted a picture of, <laughs> of free rock on Facebook. <laughs> all right, there's about 500, 800 square foot. And I told her, I was like, you are advertising for someone to come clean up our yard for free. <laughs> and she somebody would want it. And I'm like, you're silly. I got home and there was two people out there shoveling buckets and cleaned the whole thing up. Because they wanted the rock. They wanted the rock. Yeah, yeah. what are the odds of that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. One definitely want to get that. I think I'm just going down the street and buy that, right? <laughs> I, I, that's what I told her. Like, I would have just went and bought it before yeah. I would before I would have cleaned out somebody's yard for free. And yeah. hell, I was just gonna mulch over top of it. Yeah. But don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> now, what would what would be the side effects of doing that? Why why would I not want to put the mulch on top of that on top of that rock? Um, well. <laughs> It, it, because it's not going to be consistent and, and you know you're really the, the the rock will will eventually sink into the ground and now and, and will really disturb your soil conditions um and you know that's another thing if you if you are going to do rock always 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 make sure you put a, a, a barrier down first um you know, we see people do that all the time they'll throw a bunch of rock on the ground and what will happen is the ground will actually eat it almost i mean it just sinks mm -hmm. in and then it and it just becomes a it becomes a mess, and you can end up with you know several inches of just basically rock, rock. Up on the top of your soil. Now you mentioned barrier. Um, do you need to put barrier down with mulch? Uh, no, you don't have to, um, and we don't. We actually don't recommend it. I think it, we think it's um, personally, but I think it's too much. It's too labor intensive. Um, but if you're going to do rock, you you have to, and the mulch will just will break down into the soil. And typically, in the right mulches, the good ones will somewhat improve your soil um you know specifically like your pines like my favorite mulch is pine straw um not everybody likes it it looks kind of messy when it goes down but the the great thing about pine straw is you don't have to harvest anything for it it just you just got to rake it up right and um, pick it up off the ground when the trees drop it um it breaks down completely so, so a lot of mulches can become what you call hydrophobic so as it as it as it breaks down, it will create a barrier um, that won't, will not allow water to penetrate. <clears throat> so, it, which obviously will be detrimental to your plants and things like that. Where pine straw will not do that; it will just completely go. And then it amends the soil in the process too. So there's like no drawback to it. That we I don't have it at my house because my wife doesn't like it. But <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So, but it's uh, but you know when when we that is by far in my opinion. Uh, 
the best mulch to use. Does it affect the pH? I mean, I know like it. It does, but it but it affects it correctly. Okay. Um, it, so yeah, so it is. Um, I always say this backwards, but it, it is lowering the pH. Okay. And, and then when fertilizing and things like that with the plants, that's going to raise your that's going to raise your pH. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Now, of the trees and shrubs that are uh, that are brought in, what's a uh, What's the age of those, and how long it take, does it take for them to to reach maturity? Um, you know, it's more size, I guess, than I, it's the better way to answer. It. Maybe just be the size of them, um, and we can get things as small or as big as you want, really. Ultimately, generally speaking, trees for sure. You know, I mean, we we have access to spade trucks, and you could have a tree that's twenty foot tall and instant. I mean, instant shade, right? Um, but most of the stuff we plant. Um, is usually uh, an inch and a half caliper. So, and, and on most trees, especially shade trees, that's gonna be about a six, eight, 10 foot tree, depending on the plant type. Um, so, and then, so I don't, you know, that may be six or seven years old it, it, or less. Again, it kind of goes back to, you know, an oak tree that tall would be much slower growing. And so it may be um, in the field, you know, maybe eight or nine years old or five or six years old or that kind of a thing. Um, and then shrubs, most of those are just a few years old. Um, a lot of those are containers, grown in containers. Um, you know, some of them we do, we do have with our bald and burlap that have been in the field that would be dug and just like a tree would be um, and brought in at that point. So it takes a while for them. Now, you're, you're, you're purchasing a lot of these at like six to seven years is about what you said when they're going in are they is that a requirement like for example can you put one in that's a year old or will it just not will it not take does it have to be six to seven years for it's actually able to transplant or what's the reason behind that um just for size really i mean you know a lot of times and again it's it the trees are specifically going to be more than that that time frame um and some are going to be even less because of the how fast they grow but they're they're so hard to, to care for. They're so tender when they're very young um, that, that people have a hard time trying to, if you try to grow that, it, it, it becomes, it needs care. And that, um, so typically, and it also it's not, you know, it's just doesn't give any aesthetic value, right? right. <laughs> I mean, I, I play on a liner, you know, the, an eight, a maple tree that's, you know, 18 inches tall, that doesn't give much value to the to the homeowner. Well, not only that, you can do what I did the last time I printed a planted a fresh new one and mowed over it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. When you take your 50 horse lawnmower in there, it's hard to avoid it. <laughs> um, so other, other, than, other than landscaping, I know you talked about landscaping, lawn mowing. Um, there, is there any other services that the, that the Lawn Pro offers? Um, yeah, pretty much full service. So, um, snow again snow removal is a big one right um but yeah that's um you know lawn maintenance um fertilization weed control tree and shrub care um you know fertilization disease control things like that um and then you know just your landscape maintenance functions and things talk about the, the disease control a little bit what uh, what do you mean by that how are we uh what, what are we doing during that process okay the, well certain um and not every plant has issues with diseases um, but you know like azaleas can be susceptible to lace bugs or insects um, and things like that so we're we have a program that would is a is a preventative and it's we cut it's an ipm so approach where so we're inspecting the plant so it's in the kind of inspection plant management and so we're not always um we're not always applying fertilizers or fungicides or, or chemicals we're looking at the plants and and uh, with an approach to minimize the inputs from um, synthetic chemicals and things like that so that we can catch things early instead of showing up in the plants covered 
with you know lace bugs or um, you know whatever disease they may have that the, the insect obviously but so we can get those things early to prevent them from having issues so is um, so for the so for those homeowners that are uh, dewires dy DIYers, there we go. Yes. Give, give me a second, I'm catching up. Sure. Halfway through my coffee. <laughs> um, so those that are DIYers, is there uh, anything that they can do at home that you would recommend um, to, to help with that? They just they just don't want to pay for the professional help. What can the typical homeowner do? Just walk around and pay attention. You know, look at the plants. Any any discoloration. You know, one of the things is to look on the underside of the leaf on a plant. That that's where most of your insects. Things like that that's where you're going to to identify and see things it's just really just watching the plant as, as it changes some things are you know plants change because of stressors of different kinds it could be water too much too little it could be a, an insect it could be a, a fungus or a disease but just just inspection and just inspect them look at them if they see changes check on you know with the internet today you can figure out almost anything right there's you know there's even there's an app that I have on my phone that you take a picture of the plant and it'll tell you what it is and it'll, the whole thing yeah so it's kind of cool even when there's no leaves is that a free app yeah no I, I think there is a free version of okay. it but it's not i think it's like three bucks or oh. it's, it's not much at all i can't it's like can I can borrow three bucks <laughs> yeah i got you <laughs> only if i can borrow three bucks tomorrow <laughs> I thought you know everything. You don't even have to tell me anything. No, I, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I'm because it, it. I in the winter time, I I like to identify some trees, and I'm like, I, I mean, and I've got some. I got a friend that's a logger, and he's like, oh yeah, that's a whatever, and I'm like, how the heck you know what that is? Looking at this with no leaves, and. Yeah you know and know what kind of tree that is probably the same way we can be doing 50 miles an hour down the road and go oh there was a safeway door yep <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah um how uh, how do how does homeowners uh re reach you so what's the what's the process of uh getting something scheduled um estimates are they free how do we how do we go about that yep the estimates are free um so we'll come out and do an initial inspection and kind of an initial consultation and talk to kind of understand what the uh what you're looking for and what kind of project you're looking for that kind of a thing um, if we do a design or a drawing we charge for that there's there's some pretty extensive time that goes into that but what we do is we'll charge for that and then it's theirs it's their design so if they choose to take it and go install that themselves or go hire someone else to install it they, they have paid for that design if we do the installation then we would credit that back against the project so if we charged a hundred dollars to do a design and the project was a thousand bucks they would get that credit back for that um, so you can reach us at 266-9525 Erico 502-266-9525 or um, on Facebook at um, The Lawn Pro and www.thelawnpro.com um, what about uh I have this at my house, but you can knock it if you don't like it. But it's okay. <laughs> what about concrete curbing, like the edging? Yeah, not a fan, uh, but it, you know I, I get it, and it, it does have it does have its value, and it, mm -hmm. it aesthetically it looks nice. I, I like a clean, crisp, you know, spade edge where a nice clean line between turf and bed. But um, when well, I take my forty horsepower mower, <laughs> it is wonderful because then I can hit it, bump it, and I and I've never torn it out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, you know, again, it's a, you know, it, as we say, you know, it's like you, people ask, you know, do you like, it looks good for my house, you know what right. I mean? Like it, and, mm -hmm. and everybody has their preferences and, and I, you know, I would never put it in my yard, but I, I wouldn't be mad at you for having it in yours, right? And, and it, uh, 
it does create some value for sure. It, it, it doesn't hurt the actual landscaping though. There's no negative effect there. No, the only thing would be is where we see the biggest issues is when it's around a tree mm -hmm. and, and as that tree grows, that, that that ring, that concrete ring is not large enough to, to, to accommodate the root and the development, the root growth and the growth of the tree. So you'll see them, they'll bust, you know, the ground will, mm -hmm. will the roots and things will, the ground will heave and, and then will crack them. What about your uh, service area? How far, I mean, I, I'm, your office is here in Louisville, I'm yes. assuming. And yep. how far do you, do you only service Louisville? You serve surrounding counties or? Yeah, we go, um, we go into Southern Indiana um, mm -hmm. and then we service, you know, Oldham, Jefferson, um, Shelby, Spencer, kind of the, you know, Metro. Uh, the metro area. Yeah, we we'll, we we'll go I guess like south out towards Dixie Highway, um, and then north up uh, up towards um, in southern Indiana. Okay, and then I don't know if we touched on this, but what about like lead times? If I said, hey, I want you to come out and redo my whole yard landscaping. What, we'll what are we looking at? We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, you know, normally um, four to six weeks is, 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 is pretty standard. That's kind of where we try to keep it, uh -huh. um, you know, and um, we were speaking earlier, just the the availability of help is a challenge, um, is a real challenge that we're facing. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the industry as a whole is is really facing that across the country, but um, as, are, as are many industries and trades. Um, so, but yeah, we typically are, are have about a four to a six week backlog, um, okay. you know, but Sometimes. Yeah, we're we're looking for like 20 people literally right now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we were we're we're at about eight now. I think we were at 10 or 12 when we found a few, um, and so hopefully that can hopefully that holds true for the right. next week or two. Right now, are y'all doing uh, are y'all doing any uh, any hardscape projects? Uh, not anymore. We not used anymore. to. Yeah, we did for we did for a while. Um, What's a hardscape? Um, anything with like a paver patio oh, okay. um, or retaining wall, anything with with a stone, I guess type of. Uh, he didn't like concrete. Remember, James? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, when we were when we were doing a lot of hardscape, when we were doing a lot of hardscape, that was the, our favorite saying was the one thing we love about concrete. One thing you can t say for sure about concrete is it's going to crack. Yes. And so a paver pavers will float, and um, so we do subcontract that if we have a project that mm -hmm. that. Um, that you know, the homeowner would want that. We bring, we have um, subcontractors that we use for that service now. We used to do that in house, but we don't anymore. Now, I know that you said that a lot of y'all's projects they they, they range. Um, I mean, they can probably range all the way down from just your standard lawn care all the way up to just a big huge project. On those, do y'all have any like uh, financing options or anything like that that you can run people through? Uh, we don't, but we will. But we, we usually on those larger projects, we will um, we'll stage it. So we always want to be kind of we don't ever want to be ahead of the customer where we're holding money that they haven't paid for a service for. You know, we'll usually do a deposit of some kind um, to get started, and you know that covers and it varies. You know, we work with people. Uh, we, we're not real hard fast about about things. We want to protect ourselves, obviously, as a, as a contractor. But we want to um, we want to protect the homeowner as well, and so that way we're not ever out in front of them. But we don't currently do any um, any kind of twelve months or any work with a, an external finance company for that. So, uh, and I hate when people ask me this question, but let's say you know I have a fairly new house and there was almost no landscaping done. 
What what kind of I mean range are we t are you typically looking at? Is that like a couple thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars? I mean, what's that typically look like? You know, it, it, again, it varies, right? right. <laughs> That's always a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how yeah. much is that garage door? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I and with no size, no nothing, just how much? Is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and typically, uh, you know, when we go out, we we always were looking for a budget. So you know, mm -hmm. in, in the in the common response is, well, I don't know what it costs. So okay, fair. That's fair. So what we'll what we'll usually do is, okay, we'll try to give them a range. All right. Do you are you zero to five thousand five to ten ten to twenty north of twenty you know that kind of a thing where then they can kind of go okay and then we can sort of make sure we're, we're, we're on the same playing field right mm -hmm. you know because people will tell us you know i want this I want that blah 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 and the, you know the estimate comes in at eighteen thousand well i thought it was gonna be like three thousand dollars it's like <laughs> so we learned that early right i mean right. just to get in front of that and so um but i guess you know your standard um landscape residentially is probably going to run five to ten thousand okay and um i watch uh mark weinberg locally and they, like every day he is like do not plant before derby yeah. <laughs> you know don't plant anything so like what's the uh, what's the whole deal on the don't plant for before derby uh well most of that is going to be annuals and that is a frost okay. is frost will wipe out you know cover your trees your newly flowering things and we've this year we had well we had two inches of snow but it actually wasn't very cold mm -hmm. and, you know i think i don't know if we bare if we did we barely got below freezing and it um, wasn't long no and it wasn't long exactly um you know but when we get those uh, last year uh we had a really hard frost and so like the japanese maples was a very 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 common tree um, you see them everywhere um they got just knocked sideways because they were they're just starting to leaf out and that frost hit them and knocked them sideways um but we, you know, we hate the Derby the first Saturday in May. Right. Um, we like to see that like the second or third Saturday. Uh, Matt Bazell, the horticulture manager at, at Churchill Downs, I've talked to him. I'm like, mm -hmm. any chance you can get him to push that back a week or two, you know what I mean? So that we can, you know, because it's so hard for us too. I mean, we right. have a lot of, everybody wants their place looking great for Derby, want all their flowers in and just really really nice and you know when we have two inches of snow in april and we have all these things it just makes it it makes it very challenging for a landscape company to 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 meet all those needs okay sure so your demand is probably pretty high right around now yes yeah very high very high so anybody that's wanting to uh wanting to get this project done um probably you know would be smart uh for them to to get on to get on the schedule sooner rather than later yes yeah absolutely and it's you know we have so many um commitments through the month of April that you know that we've been doing for you know getting we've been in business 25 years 26 years rather and so we've been working with the same people for for a long long time and, and so now they you know we just that's their time you know we this is when we're coming and we they want everything done before Derby and they want annuals in and that kind of a thing I mean and so we, it makes it hard to fit people in during that time and so we we have an all staff meeting on Friday morning. It's kind of a team huddle. We're talking about it. It's like this is like the preseason till Derby, you know, and then it's and then the, the regular season, which is much more comfortable, I will say, starts next week, you know, because right. the, the you know the problem is one if one person has a deadline, we can work our schedules to meet that. But you know, you have hundreds of customers that all have the same exact deadline, right? So it's like you can't. There's no there's no finessing that, you know what I mean, to to, to fulfill all those needs. Now, are you all doing any kind of um, 
Uh, do you do any type of new construction work, like new landscaping? Not really, not really. Um, you know, typically, um, you know, we have, have like friends and things like that. If they're building a home, we'll usually, you know, um, we'll tell them to pull the landscape budget out from the from the builder. You know, most builders so they take that fifty dollars out. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how it is. You know what I mean? They, uh, you know, they have a, you know, they have a thousand dollar budget. It's like. Um, Okay, you know, I mean, it, and we've got a landscape, you know, so it, and it just is never the work that we enjoy. Um, so we don't, we don't do much in the, you know, the new, new construction. I was doing that. Yeah, neither do we. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do we, uh, how, how does a potential client or someone want to schedule uh, get in contact with you one more time? Sure, you can call our office at 502-266-9525. Um, check us out on our website at www.thelawnpro.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and call and let us know what you're looking for and then we will have somebody that, you know, if it's lawn care or if it's landscaping or if, what it might be, um, we'll, we'll direct you to the appropriate person. We'll set up an appointment and come check it out and we'll give you a $3 project. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. I think that's all the questions that I had. Good, I have got everything that I that I needed. Mike, is there anything you wanted to add uh, add into it? Anything we possibly uh, didn't touch or cover? Not that I can think of. Yeah. We covered a lot, a wide range. Yeah. <laughs> covered a lot. We covered a lot. Learned a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Very informative. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to come with us. Thank you, guys. All right.